Hello, welcome to the Servative Hour at KZUM. I'm Brian Mary, host of the Servative Hour, and this is an anti-conservative movement call-in radio show that's been on the air for well, almost 18 years now. And the topic for this April 4th, 2023, is the criminal record of Donald Trump. But first, have the city election results for the 2023 primary. <clears throat> okay, so... For uh, mayor, have Learon Gaylor-Baird with the uh, Democrat with uh, 25,164 votes. Then uh, Susan Geist, Republican, with 17,536 votes. Those two will move on to the general election. Lincoln City Council, District 1, James Michael Bowers, Democrat, with 5,397 votes. Uh, Taylor Wyatt, Republican, with 5,254 votes. Very close, 51% to 49%. Then Lincoln City Council, District 2, Tom Duden, Republican, with uh, the most votes at 38%. Then uh, Bailey Feit, F-E-I-T, with a Democrat with 4,734 votes. So I was just going to go with the percentages. <clears throat> Tom Duden, Republican, 38%. Bailey Feit, uh, 28%. Peter Kant, Republican, 24%. And Thien Chu at uh, 11%, and that's uh, Lincoln City Council District 2. Looks like winners have not been declared in that race yet. But it looks like uh, Tom Duden, Republican, and Bailey Feet, Fate, a uh, Democrat, would be the two so far. <coughs> then uh, Lincoln City Council, District 3, Justin Carlson, Democrat, in the lead with 63%, against uh, Elena Newman with uh, 37%. Then Lincoln City Council, District 4, Rain, Wayne Reinwald, Republican, uh, 32% in the lead. Uh, Brody Weber, Democrat, with uh, 28%. Maggie Mae Squires, Democrat, 23%. Kay Siebler, Democrat, with 18%. And since it's uh, three Democrats in that race and one Republican, could be in the general election, there would be more Democratic votes than Republican votes. And uh, no two have been selected as winning in that race yet, although I don't know why. Then uh, Lincoln Airport Authority Board of Directors, uh, two Republicans in the lead, Chris Stokes and Chris Hove, Hovey, with uh, 30% and 22%. And then uh, on down the line, Vanessa Emlich, Democrat with 22%, Nathan Januszewski with uh, 14% and Sammy Lucy 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 with uh, 12% Republican <coughs> Board of Education Dis LPS Board of Education District 2 
Uh, Payush Srivastav, Democrat, in the lead with 54% against Amy Poland, Republican, with 46%. LPS Board of Education, District 4, Annie Mumgard, Democrat, in the lead with 60% over Elena Brulietti, Republican, with 40%. And in District 6, Board of Education, Bob Rauner, with an N, I guess that's no party, listed, with uh, 66% against Richard Aldag the fourth Republican, with 34%. So, it's the primary election results. And I uh, might get back to those later for those who would be interested. Now, on to the topic. There are the Trumpiest of Trumpers who are still trying to pretend that Trump never did the deed with Stormy Daniels and that Michael Cohen thought up making a payoff all on his own. And it's great when you can prove that a liar is lying and present evidence to that effect. And it's not like uh, it's not known that this uh, guy has a criminal record, has in fact made a career of uh, getting away with telling lies and committing crimes. <clears throat> and that's what makes him so popular with those who want uh, a honey badger who does what he wants and doesn't care what he breaks. Be it... Uh, our agencies and institutions, alliances, or uh, the rule of law. From uh, AP News, Associated Press, at a glance, three hush money cases in Trump indictment. I'll get to that in a moment. A lot of what I'm going to get to, though, are things that go back decades, over 50 years. I'll get to the greatest hits, things like uh, obstruction of justice in 1981 for blowing the cover of an FBI informant. And the thing the FBI informant was looking into was uh, money laundering for the mob at casinos, such as money laundering at the Taj Mahal Casino Hotel, for which uh, Trump was fined uh, $10 million in... Uh, well, the money laundering went on from 1998 to... Yeah, I think the charges were 1998. And there's the Trump University fraud, and that was occurring from 2005 to 2010 and the uh, Donald J. Trump Foundation. It was in 2016 that that was shut down for 
self-dealing, tax evasion, fraud, misappropriation of funds. So uh, quite a criminal record, but start with just the latest breaking news. <clears throat> At a glance, the three hush money cases in Trump indictment. It's from uh, today. The criminal charges that Donald Trump is now facing in New York stem from three separate instances in which the former president and his associates are accused of making hush money payments during his 2016 campaign to two women to suppress information about extramarital sexual encounters they said they had with uh, years earlier and to a one-time Trump Tower doorman who claimed to have a story about a child he alleged Trump had out of wedlock. Trump has been charged with 34 felony counts of falsifying business records. He surrendered, er, surrendered earlier Tuesday in Manhattan and pleaded not guilty to all charges. <clears throat> a look at the three cases cited by Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who outlined the charges. Trump Tower Doorman Bragg first listed the incident involving a former Trump Tower doorman who was paid $30,000 after he claimed he had information about a child who Trump had had out of wedlock. The doorman, Dino Sajudin, received the payment from the parent company of the National Enquirer in exchange for signing over rights, quote, in perpetuity, unquote, to a rumor that the president had fathered a child with an employee at Trump World Tower, a skyscraper he owns near the United Nations. The contract between Sajudin and the American Media Inc. would penalize Sajudin for $1 million if he disclosed either the rumor or the terms of his agreement with the tabloid's parent company. In an interview with the Associated Press in August 2017, the woman at the center of the rumor denied that she had had an affair with Trump. Karen McDougall. The prosecutor also cited the case of Karen McDougall, a former Playboy model who received $150,000 from American media after claiming she had a 10-month affair with Trump in the mid-2000s. The money was to gain the rights to McDougal's story, but to never run it, a practice known as catch and kill. The National Enquirer's parent company has acknowledged that the payments were done specifically to help Trump's presidential campaign. Bragg said Trump, quote, explicitly directed lawyer Michael Cohen then working for the Trump Organization to reimburse American media in cash, then Cohen indicated to Trump that the parent that the payment should be made instead by a shell company. The alleged relationship between McDougal and Trump remained concealed until a Wall Street Journal report days before election day in 2016. Trump has denied her allegation. <coughs> Stormy Daniels. The third case involves the porn 
actor Stormy Daniels, who was paid $130,000 in exchange for her silence about a sexual encounter with Trump at Lake Tahoe, Nevada in 2006. Trump has denied the encounter. Bragg said that 12 days before the election, on November 8, 2016, Cohen had wired $130,000 to Daniels' lawyer by using a shell corporation funded through a Manhattan bank. Daniels, whose real name is Stephanie Clifford, was paid after indicating she was willing to speak to either the National Enquirer or on television confirming the encounter. Trump insisted to reporters on Air Force One in April 2018 that he didn't know about the payment made to Daniels through Cohen, but Bragg said Tuesday that Trump reimbursed Cohen after his 2016 victory with money from two sources, a trust that held the Trump Organization's assets and from his personal bank account. And that's, in brief, at a glance, the three hush money cases in Trump indictment. And that can be found under that headline on apnews.com. Now, there are those who have said, uh, why weren't charges brought sooner? And even try to pretend that the reason charges weren't brought sooner was because there wasn't enough evidence to bring charges. Well, from msnbc.com, have an article titled, The Key Reason the DOJ... That's the Department of Justice. The key reason the DOJ didn't prosecute Trump's hush money case. Three powerful House Republican committee chairs are ignoring the fact that Team Trump derailed the federal investigation into the hush money scandal. It's from March 21st, 2023 by Steve Bennon. When three powerful House Republican committee chairs wrote to Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg yesterday, they seemed quite animated about a Donald Trump indictment that does not yet exist. The GOP lawmakers even argued that Bragg shouldn't bring charges because federal prosecutors looked at the same evidence and passed on the case. From the letter signed by House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer and House Administration Committee Chairman Byron Scheel. Quote, By July 2019, federal prosecutors determined that no additional people would be charged alongside Michael Cohen. Your apparent decision to pursue criminal charges where federal authorities declined to do so requires oversight. End quote. For now, let's overlook some of the letter's errors in judgment, including the fact that the word, quote, apparent, unquote, was doing a lot of work in the Republicans' letter. Let's instead consider the claim on the merits. Federal prosecutors examined the same fact, the GOP argument goes, and decided not to pursue an indictment. With this in mind... Jordan, Comer, and Steele effectively asked why the Manhattan District Attorney's Office 
would disregard the Justice Department's conclusion and consider going in the opposite direction. In fact, to hear the committee chairs tell it, the fact that Bragg is moving forward after federal prosecutors passed on the case is necessarily evidence of the local prosecutor going too far. For his part, Trump has pushed a related line of attack. And I'll add, on my own, so have they all. This, there is, however, a highly relevant detail that Republicans are conveniently overlooking. As Rachel explained on last night's show, it's true that this case was initially a federal case initiated by federal prosecutors in the Southern District of New York. In fact, they're the ones who prosecuted Michael Cohen, who paid Stormy Daniels in the hush money scandal. At that point, did federal prosecutors conclude that the case was simply over and walk away? Not exactly. What they actually found was that Cohen acted at Trump's direction and to Trump's benefit. Why didn't prosecutors pursue the matter further? According to Jeffrey Berman, the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York, who wrote a book about his experiences, it's because there was political interference from other Trump appointees who ordered prosecutors to end their investigation. Indeed, according to Berman's book, then-Attorney General Bill Barr not only intervened in the case, he tried to kill the ongoing investigation and even suggested that Cohen's conviction should be reversed. The GOP committee chairs wrote yesterday that federal prosecutors, quote, determined that no additional people would be charged alongside Cohen, end quote. But they conveniently overlooked why they made that determination. It wasn't because of a thorough review of the law. It was because Trump's attorney general told them to stop, because in the previous administration, the brazen politicization of federal law enforcement was the norm. Where Jordan, Comer, and Steele were... Oh, were Jordan, Comer, and Steele unaware of these, these details? Or did they, ch- ch- did they simply choose not to care? So, yeah, the reason charges weren't brought because uh, Bill Barr's Department of Justice said stop investigating these things. And it wasn't until Bill Barr was no longer Attorney General that since these prosecutors, state prosecutors, federal prosecutors, obeyed the chain of command and Bill Barr said don't investigate so they couldn't investigate. Now they can. All right, the topic is the criminal record of Donald Trump and the phone number here is 402-474-5086. Quite appropriately, I'm going to play the Patti Smith song off of the Easter album with the song A Privilege, Set Me Free. Well, the topic for this April 4th, 2023 is the criminal record of Donald Trump. Now, some of the main... legal troubles he's facing at this moment are 
from the Manhattan District Attorney, Trump indicted, charges uh, payments made to women who said they had sexual encounters with Trump. Then there's the New York Attorney General lawsuit. Trump and his company are alleged to have lied to banks and others about the value of his properties. I think that one has already been convicted. Uh, there's the Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney investigation centers on whether Trump or his allies broke the law while attempting to overturn his 2020 election loss. And finally, the U.S. Department of Justice investigation of classified documents found at Trump's Mar-a-Lago home and efforts to reverse his presidential election loss. But the uh, legal affairs of Donald Trump which is the entry you find on Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia, wikipedia.org, goes back many decades. I will read. <clears throat> According to a 2016 USA Today analysis, Donald Trump and his businesses were involved in 3,500 legal cases in U.S. federal and state courts during the previous three decades, an unprecedented number for a U.S. presidential candidate. Of the 3,500 suits, Trump or one of his companies were plaintiffs. In 1,900, defendants in 1,450, and bankruptcy, third party or other, in 150. Trump was named in at least 169 suits in federal court in the 1,300 cases where the record establishes the outcome. Trump settled 175 times, lost 38 times, won 450 times, and had another 137 cases end with some other outcome. In the other 500 cases, this, the, cases the cases were dismissed. <clears throat> In 2016, Trump was elected as U.S. president. Numerous legal affairs persisted during and after his presidency. For example, between October 2021 and July 2022 alone, the Republican National Committee paid more than $2 million to attorneys representing Trump in his capacity as president and in his personal and business capacities. These cases have ranged from legal battles with casino patrons to million-dollar real estate suits to personal defamation lawsuits to civil suits for sexual harassment or sexual assault. Trump's companies have been involved in more than 100 tax disputes, and on at least 36 occasions, the New York State Department of Taxation and Finance has obtained tax liens against Trump's properties for non-payment of taxes. On a number of occasions, Trump has threatened legal action but did, did not ultimately follow through. Of Trump's involvement in the lawsuits, his lawyer Alan Garten said in 2015 that this was, quote, a natural part of doing business in the United States. And, unquote, and in the real estate industry, litigation to enforce contracts and resolve business disputes is indeed common. Trump has, however, been involved in far more litigation than fellow real estate magnates. The USA Today analysis in 2016 found that Trump had been involved in more legal disputes than Edward J. D. Bartolo, 
Jr., Donald Bren, Stephen M. Ross, Sam Zell, and Larry Silverstein combined. I guess those must be real estate magnets. The Trump lawsuits have attracted criticism from Trump's opponents who say that this is not a trait that conservatives should support. James Copland, director of legal policy at the conservative-leaning Manhattan Institute, states that, quote, Trump clearly has an affinity for filing lawsuits, partly because he owns a lot of businesses and has sometimes used litigation as a bullying tactic, <clears throat> end quote. A federal judge fined Trump and, uh, and his attorney nearly $1 million in January 2023, characterizing him as, quote, a prolific and sophisticated litigant who is repeatedly using the courts to seek revenge on political adversaries, end quote. Although Trump has said that he, quote, never settles legal claims, Trump and his businesses have settled with plaintiffs at least one, in at least 100 cases uh, and uh, with settlements ranging from hundreds of thousands of U.S. dollars to as high as tens of millions of dollars. In the Trump University litigation, three legal actions were brought alleging fraud and by the New York State Attorney General and the others by class action plaintiffs. November 2016, Trump agreed to pay $25 million to settle the litigation. An overview of Trump's legal involvements as of September 19, 2022 were described in detail in, New York, in the New York Times. <clears throat> and there's a link there. On December 6, 2022, Trump's company, the Trump Organization, was convicted on 17 criminal charges. On March 30, 2023, Trump was indicted on 34 felony counts by a grand jury in Manhattan. <clears throat> he was arraigned on the charges on April 4, 2023, and pled not guilty to all 34 counts. And in a moment, we'll be back with uh, starting with lawsuits from 1973 to 1999. And this is KCUM Lincoln and KCUM HD 89.3 FM, KCUM.org online. Going from Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia, the legal affairs of Donald Trump. As I said, there are too many to possibly name all. The contents, table of contents, have lawsuits 1973 through 1999, lawsuits 2000 through 2009, lawsuits 2010 through the present, <coughs> the Mueller Special Counsel Investigation, the House Oversight Committee Investigation and Subpoenas, allegations of business links to organized crime, use of bankruptcy laws, campaign contributions, inaugural committee, Donald J. Trump Foundation, that's the charity which uh, now was shut down, now they're banned from ever connecting another charity, uh, controversy over tax returns, destruction of documents, Georgia 2020 election investigation, United States 2020 ele election investigation, uh, New York investigation of the Trump Organization, FBI search of Mar-a-Lago, January 6th committee. So... I think I'll just read the very first uh, lawsuit. Well, I'm not going to read them all. So under lawsuits 1973 through 1999, 1970s section, 
1973, Trump was accused by the Justice Department of violations of the Fair Housing Act in the operation of 39 buildings. The department said that black, quote, testers, unquote, were sent to more than half a dozen buildings and were denied apartments. But a similar white tester would, be, would then be offered an apartment in the same building. The government alleged that Trump's corporation quoted different rental terms and conditions to blacks and made false, quote, no vacancy, unquote, statements to blacks for apartments they managed in Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Representing Trump, Ray Cohn followed a countersuit against the government for $100 million, asserting that the charges were irresponsible and baseless. A federal judge threw out the countersuit, calling it a, quote, waste of time and paper. Trump settled the charges out of court in 1975 without admitting guilt, saying he was satisfied that the agreement did not, quote, compel the Trump organization to accept persons on welfare as tenants unless it's qual unless as qualified as any other tenant, end quote. <clears throat> well, it wasn't that he wasn't accept, you know, being forced to accept tenants on welfare. It was that he was uh, not renting to black people. I guess the implication is there that, uh, yeah, if they're black people, they must be on welfare. So, uh, Tony Schwartz, the ghostwriter of uh, Trump's book, The Art of the Deal, said that the housing case was, quote, a classic example of Trump being a counterpuncher. Someone accuses Trump of doing something horrible, and he goes back at them with all guns blazing and admits nothing. If Trump loses, he will declare victory, end quote. <clears throat> See a pattern there? Uh, the corporation was required to send a bi-weekly list of vacancies to the New York Urban League, a civil rights group, and give them priority for certain locations. In 1978, however, the Trump Organization again was in court for violating terms of the 1975 settlement. Trump denied the charges. And, okay, so this goes on through the 80s, the 90s, and the lawsuits. And, uh, yeah, I mentioned the, uh, oh, top things here. So, uh, let's see, I wonder which would be. Okay, allegations of business links to organized crime. Let's see. Journalists David Clay Johnston, Johnston and Wayne Barrett, the later of whom wrote an unauthorized 1992 Trump biography, have claimed that Trump and his companies did business with New York and Philadelphia families linked to the Italian-American mafia. Uh-huh. And Trump helped a financier for the Scafaro Scarfo family get a casino license and constructed a casino using firms controlled by Nico Demo Scarfo. Trump also bought real estate from Philadelphia crime family members Salvatore Tesla Testa and bought concrete from companies associated with the Genovese crime family and the Gambino crime family. And then there's the uh, <clears throat> paying for the Trump Plaza fine. 
leveled by the Casino Gaming Commission uh, for giving uh, rare automobiles to Robert Lee Booty, the acquaintance of John Gotti. Uh, and in starting in 2003, the Trump Organization worked with Felix Sater, who had a 1998 racketeering conviction for a $40 million stock fraud scheme orchestrated by the Russian Mafia, who had then become an informant against the Mafia. Trump's attorney has said that Sater worked with Trump scouting real estate opportunities. And uh, she... All right, so this goes on, and through, uh, let's see, the, oh, here's one that's good, the Donald J. Trump Foundation, I mentioned that. Uh, during the 2016 U.S. presidential election, media bank began reporting in detail on how the Donald J. Trump Foundation was funded and how Donald Trump used its funds. The Washington Post in particular reported several cases of possible misuse, self-dealing, and possible tax evasion. Regarding the various irregularities in the Trump Foundation, former head of the Internal Rev Revenue Services Office of Exempt Organizations Division, Mark Owens, told the Washington Post that he was surprised by the, quote, laundry list of issues. The office of the New York State Attorney General, Eric Schneiderman, investigated the foundation, quote, to make sure it's complying with the laws governing charities in New York. The Trump Foundation was, in fact, found to have committed fraud and misappropriated funds and was ordered to be shut down. Okay, and uh, anyway, if you wanted to read any more about that, that's uh, The Legal Affairs of Donald Trump on wikipedia.org. Now, there's an article from the BaltimoreSun.com. Five times law enforcers could have arrested Donald Trump, but didn't. And I referred to some of these, the obstruction of justice from 1981 when he blew the cover of an FBI informant investigating a money laundering by the mob. Then, oh, I didn't even mention all of these. There was the empty box uh, sales tax evasion. That would be where, uh, in New York State, people would go in, buy luxury merchandise, and the store would send an empty box somewhere so they could say, oh, well, that was shipped out of state, so no t sales tax was needed to be collected. Uh, Trump testified against the owner of the store to avoid prosecution himself. Uh, let's see, a briefcase full of cash case where uh, real estate mobsters were money laundering uh, by buying uh, real estate in Trump Tower. That's from 19... 88. There was also an interesting article in the New Republic called uh, Trump's Russian Laundromat, where he was getting uh, briefcases full of cash, no questions asked, so that these uh, Russian mobsters could launder their money by buying uh, luxury digs in Trump Tower and then, uh, yeah, I guess, selling them, pocketing the cash, anyway. Uh, then there's the Trump University fraud, which I mentioned. Okay, so uh, I'll read a little bit of the details from this. From uh, this from the Baltimore Sun dot com by Edward Erickson Jr. That's actually from March 6, 2017, but it has some. Uh, let's see. It mentions the obstruction of justice, 1981, 
As Trump was trying to get into the Atlantic City casino boom, he blew the cover of a confidential FBI informant named Daniel Sullivan, a mob-connected, quote, labor consultant, unquote, Trump had hired to liaison with construction unions. And, uh, and I mentioned the empty box, 1986. In the 1980s, it was a common practice to avoid state sales tax. Oh, well, I'll read the one from the one above that of blowing the confidential informant. Why did the feds not move on Trump all those years ago for blowing their informant's cover? Why did they never put a case on him subsequently, even as he partnered with at least a half a dozen other mafia-connected men in various business arrangements? No one knows, or if anyone does, they aren't telling. And yeah, there's the empty box thing with the sales tax uh, skipping. Apparently he uh, skipped out on... uh, for $65,000 worth of purchases once pinched in 1986, he testified against the retailer, avoiding a prosecution that would have jeopardized his New Jersey casino license. And see the briefcase full of cash. 1988, Donald Trump personally sold two units in Trump Tower to Robert Hopkins, the mob-connected head of New York's largest gambling ring and uh, paid for with a briefcase full of cash, which he counted at the table to complete the purchase. He got a loan from New Jersey Bank that did business with Trump Casino, and uh, Trump summoned a limousine to ferry the cash to that bank. All right, and then uh, constant the constant money laundering from 1998 to 2014. And uh, see that... That oh, that Trump casinos have routinely, routinely laundered money, both while directly managed by Trump and afterward, is settled fact. The typical prosecutorial, prosecutorial concerns about criminal penalties, putting a company out of business, would seem to be moot. The Taj filed bankruptcy in 1991, shortly after it opened, filed two more times in the 2000s, and went bankrupt again in 2014 shortly before this fine was levied. So why just a fine? Well, the law indicates numerous criminal charges could have been brought. Trump's casinos were culpable in at least three of the four required, quote, intents, unquote, concealment, structuring, and tax evasion. Concealment is simply hiding the source, as when a drug dealer or a dirty cop or a mobster takes his loot to the roulette table to convert it into, quote, gambling winnings, unquote. Structuring means just not filling out the forms required of any currency transfer over $10,000. And Trump's Taj Mahal engaged in these acts, and Trump very likely directed it, but the feds never touched him. Then there's the Trump University fraud. And the... uh. Donald J. Trump Foundation, self-dealing, tax evasion, fraud, misappropriation of funds, all those things he could have been arrested for, but wasn't. Oh, time for one more song before the final countdown. As I said, the uh, phone number here is 402-474-5086. It is a call-in show if you'd like to. Get on the air and express your point of view concerning the topic of this evening, the criminal record of Donald 
Trump. And uh, I'm going to play a song by uh, Klaatu. Well, excuse that throat clearing. I thought I had not the sound on. Didn't have it on, but I did. Okay, Donald Trump gets his ass kicked in court. No, a different court. It's from Liz Dye from April 4th, 2023. Maybe I should have said he gets his behind kicked in court. Well, I'll see what uh, those who monitor such speech will say. And this is from Wonket.com from April 4th, 2023. In other happy news, Donald Trump is having a bad day in all the courts. Obviously, there's that whole indictment thing. But before he got fingerprinted in Manhattan, Trump started the morning getting his behind kicked in the D.C. circuit. This is going to require a journey through the federal court docket, so grab your reading glasses and get in. We're going law-splaining. Remember last summer when Mark Meadows told the House January 6th committee he wasn't going to cooperate anymore with their subpoena for documents and testimony? By coincidence, that decision to flip off the committee came approximately five minutes after Trump's PAC Political Action Committee gave $1 million to Meadows' employer, the Conservative Partnership Institute. But the Justice Department ignored the referral from Congress and declined to prosecute Meadows and Trump's communications flack Dan Scavino for contempt. So that was the end of that. But if you blow off a grand jury or shout executive privilege in response to every question, you wind up with a different result. Also, special counsel Jack Smith is no Attorney General Merrick Garland. And he's not Bob Mueller, either, while we're making comparisons. So Smith's team went straight to the U.S. District Court in D.C., where then-Chief Judge Beryl Howell has drop-kicked every single one of Trump's privilege claims on grounds of blank off, this is a coup investigation. Well, more or less. <clears throat> the orders are sealed, so we don't really know, but judging by all the reporting, it seems that, that that's the long and short of it. On March 24th, ABC reported that Judge Howell had overruled Trump's privilege claims for Meadows, Scafino, former Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe, former National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien, uh, gross bigot monster Stephen Miller, and acting DHS head and gross bigot monster Ken Cuccinelli, and Trump aides Nick Luna and Johnny McNT. And, uh, and we broke it down for you last week, and we even mentioned that Judge Howell had abrogated attorney-client privilege with respect to Trump lawyer Evan Cochran. That post was extra fun, not only because we would dearly love to do locker-ups to Trump, but because his lawyers waited several days to file an emergency appeal of that order seeking a stay, something they should have done that very night. The D.C. Circuit issued temporary stay, ordered the two sides to brief the issue overnight, breaking the judicial land speed record, and then dissolved the stay the following day, ordering Cochran to testify. <clears throat> High comedy, and you see where all this is going, right? 
Now let's head over to the docket for the, this case, which has proceeded entirely under seal. On March 29th, Trump and his lawyers finally moseyed into the D.C. Circuit and filed their appeal. Uh, take your time, boys. And then it has a copy of the appeal there. That's not an emergency appeal. That's just put them in the regular line. They don't get around to filing for an emergency stay, stay until 9 p.m. yesterday. And I'm not going to read the individual posts they have there. At 11.18 p.m., the judge, the three-judge panel, two appoint Obama appointees and Judge Katsas, one of Trump's worst nominees, issued a sealed order for the government and Trump to brief the issue. Now, we don't know what that order says, but we take a pretty good guess since the government responded at 1.25 a.m. and Trump's people turned in their homework at 9.27 a.m. And at 12.12 p.m., the panel issued a per curiam order, that means it was unsigned, denying the motion to stay Judge Howell's order. That means that Meadows, Scavino, Miller, and all the rest of those goopers are going to have to get their lily-white behinds down to Special Counsel Smith's grand jury and say what they saw. And yes, it's possible that Trump will appeal this order to the Supreme Court. He's certainly got every incentive to take a chance on the Supreme Court of the United States, considering that Mark Meadows was part of the fake elector scheme and the effort to blank the Georgia vote count and the attempted coup at the DOJ and the pre-riot rally on the ellipse and the actual plan to storm the Capitol. But the court has shown exactly zero interest in protecting Trump since he left office, rejecting, among other things, Trump's demand to shield his presidential records and his tax returns from Congress. So while he might get a short administrative stay, this weird, opaque docket may be even worse news for Trump than that indictment we were all waiting for. It's a beautiful day. And this has been the Servative Hour. Thank you very much for listening. And now, here comes Peter Cottontail by Gene Autry. And good night to you all. <laughs>